0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where UFC 264, Conor McGregor, and Dustin Poirier are coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about. But maybe afraid to voice, don't worry. We'll voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. UFC, politics, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's No holes Barred Radio, folks. And I'm here with my co-host and producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, another day gone in and another week gone by. I thought you were going to say
1: another day, another dollar, which is really the buffer mantra in a lot Uh, of ways.
0: It is. I was trying to get away from the dollar for a second, but you wheeled me right back. Just when I wanted to get away, you wheel me right back. In. Another We're day, another dollar. You, you level, you're level-headed. That's right. I'll take the dollars all day long. Um, but like I said, it's not always about the dollars. I'll be the first to cash a check at the bank on a Monday, but it's about loving what you do. So speaking of loving what we do, we've got a very special guest on, a longtime friend, fantastic UFC fighter, man who's gone beyond his guns to prove himself in many areas, whether it's Dana White's, uh, show along with Matt Sarah the lovingly funny Matt Sarah the two of them together are hilarious Um, commentating you name it none other than Dean Thomas Dean how are you
2: I'm good man wow that was quite the introduction you haven't introduced me like that in years and, that wasn't um, really
0: an introduction Dean oh, you want an introduction, introduction. Okay. I'll give you an introduction
2: give it give no, it that was good. we need it that was no that was the introduction that I, I that I love you know just something simple and subtle I love it just to have you say my name that's that's enough
0: for me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Dean. You know, I've long known you a long time, fighting yeah. and otherwise. Now I'm realizing that I did do know you a long time because you got some frosty in your beard, baby. Look at that.
2: <laughs> I know, man. You see this? This is crazy. I, listen, it's just one day you look in the mirror and you're like, "Who is that guy?" Right? Like every like. I feel the same. I feel like I'm still 20 years old. All my friends are still 20 years old. I got to buy alcohol for all my friends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I got this. Uh, I got this gray. I'm old. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It sucks getting old. I,
0: I don't. Uh, you know I'm what? It's, gray, it's dean. You still act like you're 20 years old.
2: Yeah, I know. I and
0: mean, I'm, I'm still 20 years old in my heart. Trust me. But you know what? You can't hide father time. You look great. And just know one thing. The gray starts here, goes here, goes here, goes here, and just keeps on going down
2: keep going down right just oh no that's why god,
0: that's why that's why god made manscaped
2: Something. i know you know what i think i might have to get that you know i don't <laughs> use
0: that yet put it this way dean for the looks of your beard you may have to get it soon <laughs>
2: <laughs> no woman? Oh, all, right.
0: all right all kidding aside um you know dean it's been great watching again i always say this the evolutionary process of one's career but you know i just think back to all the great fights that I introduced you in, and then I keep seeing you around the UFC campus. Um, You're uh, on Dana White's show, which you've been on now, what, like four or five years? Yeah,
1: four or five years. Yeah, yeah. Which which I love the story, how it happened just on a whim.
2: I want to hear it. Yeah, so, you know, it was actually uh, when Amanda was training, Amanda Nunez was training for Misha Tate. I was in her camp. I was helping her train for that fight. And I get a phone call. And me, I don't ever answer my phone anyway. So I see a call from a 702 number. And I'm thinking, oh, no, who could this be? Probably a bill collector from Vegas. Somebody owed money to, you know, some, some lady's husband or something. So I totally, I just immediately just deleted it. And then I get a call a few seconds later. Matt, Sarah is like, yo, man, Dana's calling you. Answer the phone. And I'm like, oh, no, Dana. Dana what does Dana want, you know? And so... I leave practice for a moment. I go into the little back and I, I call Dana and I'm like, yo, what's up, man? And he's like, yo, uh, you ever heard of the show looking for a fight? You ever, I said, yeah. He said, he said, you like it. I said, yeah. Meanwhile, I never watched it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still like, yo, that's my show right there. That's my, that's I'll my gig. Listen to you. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so he was like, well, we had a guy, we had a guy fall out and you know, we need a replacement. Matt recommended you. And I was like, that's cool. That's what somebody said. I said, I'm in. He said, problem is you got to leave tomorrow. I said, I got a bag in the car and my passport is with me at all times. Just send a ticket. And they did. I told Amanda, hey, I got to leave camp for a few days. And boom, I was out filming with Dana and Matt and five years in the making. Here I am still with the team. I I
1: kind of feel like, Dean, you still haven't gone home from that initial trip because every time I talk to you, you're in a different place. You still got that bag with the passport. It's like uh, you're a a rambling man in the most uh, honest of ways.
2: George Masvidal once said that I had I had seven passports. And a a mini golden gun in my bag.
0: (laughs) You know what? You did the right thing, though. When Hollywood calls you, whether it's through Dana White or through otherwise. yo, I love that show. Yes, I'm ready to go. I'm packed. Send me the taxi. I'm ready to go. There's no other way to go about it. If you want it, you're ready. Period. Like a fight. When they call you up and they go, we need you to fight. I'm ready. You know, we need you to be on TV. I'm ready. I've done that a few times with Dean. I'm like, hey, Dean, you want to go
2: to Columbus, Georgia and call some MMA fights? And he's like, yep, I'm good. Let me go. You you know, and I think that's what that's what gets me over on most people is that a lot of people hesitate to make a decision. I don't make it. I don't hesitate to make a decision. My instinct is to say yes right away. It's say yes. And then maybe later I'll turn it down. But I'm always going to say yes to every opportunity and then make sure it's the one for me. But even if it's not, I'm probably still going to do it because you never know where you come from.
0: Is, um, is the, what is the proper title of the show? Because I hear three different titles in my head.
2: It's a Dana White looking for a fight. Right, okay.
0: So it, Dana's got two shows on. He's got the Contender Series. Right. And, uh, and he's got this. Is that where it ends right there? I mean, I don't know. Anywhere Dana is, it's the Dana White <laughs> show. But I, you know, I like to yeah. think of it as the Dean
1: Thomas and Matt Sarah show, to be honest with you. Well, that's basically yeah. what it
0: is. Are you in the podcast with Matt?
2: No, but I go on there once, at least once a month. They have me come on and just and just kick it with Matt and Jim. So um, and it's always a good time because Matt is, you know, Matt's so funny. He steals the show and, and I just keep feed, and I feed him the information. I just feed him and feed him and feed him. So, like, that's the relationship we got.
0: Yeah, I've had more than a few fun times with Matt Sarah. That's for sure. No question. I I don't
2: think it's
1: possible to have a bad time with Dean or Matt, like together or separate. Like they're
0: just a good time. It's not always smiling, always laughing, always happy. You know, Dean, uh, with all the shows happening in uh, UFC, TJ and I talk about it all the time. You know, we've gone through COVID. We're the first ones back showing the world how to have events and be uh, COVID safety protocol to the best as possible. And I think that literally in the last two years with COVID that shows have been consistently the greatest string and run of consistent quality action filled UFCs ever. I mean, it just seems like the talent is getting better and better and better. Who do you think are three of the top up and comers going for championship belts? And I'm talking like really just even starting out, who do you think are three of the top guys coming out Wow, that's a and girls and girls,
2: guys and girls, Wow, that's a really tough question because there's so many talented people. So you mean, like, who do I think is in the running maybe for a belt or who I think is just going to be good in the future?
0: Um, It's kind of a combination of the two. So let's just say on their way to potentially going for the belt. You know, obviously, okay. if they're going to be great in the future, you have a shot at the belt.
2: So, and and this one's, this one's kind of weird, but I actually think, and depending on what happens next week, and it, I actually think Gilbert Burns – could be making a comeback in terms of going for another shot at the belt. The, if he gets past Wonder Boy, I think if he gets past Wonder Boy, which is a very tough matchup, that I think he has the skill set to beat everybody else and still challenge Usman and give Usman a better fight next time. I think Gilbert Burns is supremely talented and such a great competitor. How
1: so many fights though, Dean? Would he have to go back to before he gets Usman again? Because Wonder Boy's not going to put him back in that title fight right away.
2: No, no, he's not going to put him back in that title fight. But I think, like you know, if, if he beats him and then, you know, he may have to beat Leon or something, but, you know, two or three more fights, I think that he can definitely make a run again. I think that he's, I think he's extremely talented.
1: Man. Wonder Boy and Leon Edwards victories for, for Gilbert Burns, I think would be enough in my opinion. I don't know if it's, you know, enough in Dana's opinion or the, the casual consumer's opinion, but I, I like that pick a lot, actually.
0: Well, it'd have to yeah. be because, you know, Gilbert's rated the number two contender now. Steven's right. number four. He'll stay at number two, basically, if he beats Steven. Um, Leon Edwards, if I'm not mistaken, is number one. So you're right. I well, mean, that would put him right in the position of a extension. My, my another point is this. With,
1: with Gilbert Burns, like how many contenders, up and coming contenders, would you want him to basically dispatch before you give him what he probably already deserves? You know what I mean? You don't want him to kill the pecking order before you give him
0: another title fight. Agreed. True. Sure. Agreed not being the powers that be, I agree. <laughs> Let me put it that yeah. way. Best
2: so way um also I, I think a guy that we that we have to look out for is um Brad Rydell. I really like what he did against Riddell. Riddell. Yeah, Riddell. Brad Riddell. I, I really like his fight against Drew Dober, what he yeah. did against Drew Dober, because I thought he fought a really tough guy and And Drew Dover is one of the most devastating punchers in that division. Like, if Drew Dover hits you, you're going out. You know what I'm saying? And him being able to take those shots told me something about him. He's going to be hard to put away. As long as his grappling holds up, I think he's going to make a good run. I think he's going to have a really good run in that lightweight division.
0: How do you feel about Sean – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go now. go ahead. How do you feel about Sean O'Malley in the Bantamweight division?
2: I like Sean – Um, you know, but I got to see, I got to see him against some of them top 10 killers, you know? Yeah. You got to see him. He's devastating. He's devastating on the A side, but I don't know how well his defense holds up. Like his offense is almost better than anybody's, but defensively, I don't know what, how well it holds up.
0: Yeah. I'm a fan of his. I also think it's also how well he holds up right now. Exactly. Yeah. His physical, his, his talent outranges sometimes his physical how do i say it well
2: i i I worry about You know what i'm saying he get he has a tendency to
1: get hurt
0: yeah no Uh, he he, his legs are a bit of a
1: concern yeah he's
2: he's pretty frail you know i mean no fighter likes
1: hearing that but like he's also a a leg attack heavy sort of uh fighter so if if he all of a sudden has to sort of worry about throwing the kicks that he does for fear of being checked because he could get injured i mean you're taking away a big part of his game yeah,
0: big part. But I, I'm, I'm really a big fan. I love the way he fights, but the durability is the issue, I think, beyond uh, anything
1: else. I've got a couple questions uh, on that prospect sort of pick. Um, one, we'll start with someone you've cornered against, uh, Dean. Uh, Miranda Maverick uh, is, is really an up-and-coming fighter that I think a lot of people are starting to take notice of. We haven't seen her really uh, tested too much. I think Jillian Robertson is, is the, the highest level of opposition she's faced thus far. But uh, I'm curious what you think uh, the future holds for Miranda Maverick.
2: Well, um, in fact, I'm going to find out firsthand. I'm going out to see her next weekend So or next week. Yeah. So me and Jillian are going out to see her next week. We're going to, she's going to train with her a little bit, but I I like Miranda Maverick. I mean, she's got all the tools. I mean, she's got the mentality. She's got the physicality. She's, she's always getting better. And that's what you look for in a fighter. Can they get better? It's not, it's not how they look today, but it's their aptitude to getting better for tomorrow. And she, and she possesses that. So we know that she knows that we know that she's good. Um, it's just a matter, of, like it's just a matter of that luck. It's like getting the right opponents at the right time, winning those fights with, you know, and passing that test with flying colors. I mean, so far she's been perfect. So yep. I think that um I think that she's the sky's the limit for her. I really do like where she's going. I mean, obviously she's fighting uh, Macy Barber, who's a, who's going to be a tough fight for her. But um you know if she gets past that, then I think that I mean she's just going to keep steamrolling.
1: Yeah. And then the other uh, name I wanted to kind of pick your brain about, like we've, we've seen a small sample size. He's had a pretty good run thus far, but Yuri Prochaska has come into the UFC and has just taken the world by storm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean. A lot of unknowns there. It's a lot of unknowns there, but it's also the division too, man. You know, like when you come in at either light heavyweight or heavyweight, you can come in and make that type of noise and, and be that type of fighter because like, right. it's not that deep. Like when you talk right. about the jet, so for example, yeah. Yeah, like it just, it's just it's not a real deep chart, you know. It's like five guys and then everybody else. So you can come in and and challenge that top five and and, and make your make your wave. But I, I mean, obviously, I think he's talented, and I think that he's got just as good a chance as anybody else.
0: You know, in the heavyweight division, you know, Francis Ngannou, of course, uh, standing at the top of the mountain right now. Uh, about to take on uh, Ghana, right? Is that the fight that's been signed? Uh, he
1: doesn't have a fight right now. He's uh, kind of waiting in the wings. There's going to be an interim title uh, coming up uh, yeah, between Derek they Lewis. They really are going to do the, an
0: interim title. Yeah, that's the. Why that's are the, they going to do an interim title when Ghanai's sitting there waiting for somebody to fight? I am not the boss. I don't know. Well, I mean, was, I'm not, there was I'm not I'm arguing the point. The, I'm just
2: wondering, you know. Yeah, there was there was a beef about that on the Internet between Dana and uh, Markel Martin, Francis Ngannou's manager. Right that they're having that type that interim title. But I mean, to be honest with you, like why? I mean, they shouldn't really care all that much. It's not like they're stripping Francis. They're just right. doing a little title fight. The winner that's going to fight Francis anyway, he's still the champ.
1: It's more of a, a real token of who the number one contender is in a roundabout yeah. way. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be looking at Francis and Ngannou as less of a champion because no. either Derek Lewis or Cyril Ghana holds an interim belt It's not that much of a uh you know shot across the bow per se but I, uh, honestly i'm surprised um that we haven't gotten a, a more firm sort of uh result in, in getting john jones in there with francis i think that is largely why we're maybe not seeing uh you know francis fight right now maybe you know, how
0: did how did derrick uh, lewis fall out of the mix i thought they were making Derek lewis in a
1: I heard that too, but I I think there was some debate about whether uh Francis would be ready in a certain timeline, something it, like that. It was
2: a timing issue. It was a timing yeah. issue. Yeah, he's cause Francis had been in Cameroon visiting his family. Yep. And wanted to fight in September. But they wanted Derek Lewis to fight in Houston on August seventh. Francis couldn't be ready for then. So then they said, All right, well then we're gonna give the fight to, to Ghana And Ghana took it. And that would probably be my third pick in terms of uh, tight belt holders. Gane, he looks he looks fantastic. I I really love yeah. what he's doing at the heavyweight. I mean, he really looks sharp as a heavyweight.
0: Well, you know, speaking of heavyweights in two sixty four, we've got um, Ty to and Greg Hardy going at it, which I think will be a very entertaining fight. Uh, do you see Ty or Greg even having a shot at eventually at a championship bout?
2: You know, no, I don't.
0: They, I mean, they have a shot, but I mean, do you see it ever yeah. happening?
2: I don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have a shot, but a very small one. And the reason why is just because, again, remember what I was saying about Miranda Maverick is that she showed the ability to improve each time and she's getting better each time. I just don't know if their progress is is keeping up with what it takes to be a champion. Right. So, I mean, they're getting better. They're good and they're getting better. But, I mean, when you, th- when you think about them fighting a guy like, you know, Francis or John Jones or Stipe, it's like, man, I don't know if they're ever going to be at that level. Right. That's sort of been the problem though
1: at heavyweight, right? Like the number one to number three have always been sort of leaps and bounds ahead of four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, who are all kind of that same sort of, you know, cast of, of fighter, but the elite, the top three at heavyweight, they're just a different breed than
0: most of the rest of the division. They are. But also, too, you know, with Ty and Greg, it reminds me of like Ernie Shavers and boxing. You know, he, everybody had to go through Ernie Shavers coming up. So I see a lot of fighters facing down Greg Hardy and Ty Tuivasa on their way up, you know, kind of cornerstones of the heavyweight division. Always be active, always like entertaining you fights. Statements. Pardon me? like a
1: gatekeeper status. We were talking about that. I think it was you and I, Dean, talking about Alexei Olenek, who is sort of a, a gatekeeper in a way where, yeah. you know, if you're if you're good enough to beat Alexi, then you're you're probably good enough to be fighting someone in, in the top 15, top 10 to sort of really prove to everyone, you know, where you are. But you got to get past sort of that stalwart of a division. A guy who's been fighting for, you know, 20 years or whatever. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that gatekeeper status. I get what you're saying. There's nothing Not wrong with that.
2: You got that. to pass that test because, a guy like Olenek because he has that grappling ability to show like, if you can't get past his grappling, then you can't, you can't be a champion. Right. There's a lot of guys who I think they couldn't get past that. Couldn't get past that test.
1: The fear of his grappling shuts down a lot of people's confidence in their striking ability.
2: Oh, for sure. That's why he, because Alexi is a terrible striker. And I hate to say that he's a terrible striker, but he's able to keep guys from coming at him because they're afraid of getting taken down. So he neutralizes their offense just by that threat.
0: His duck down, followed by his overhand, semi-Chuck Liddell style, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> he throws that a lot.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Chuck tried to throw with the intention of knocking your lights out. Olenic throws it to try to get into a clinch.
0: Exactly, to try and get in a clinch and take you down. It was very interesting watching it the other day. Let's talk about a couple of fighters that have been around a long time that are shining more now than ever. Uh, obviously, one is Carlos Condit. He's got a heck of a fight against Max Griffin. Should be very entertaining coming up at 264. Um, Jessica, I is back against Jennifer Maya on the lower end prelim cards. That's crazy uh, That's a prelim fight. I that's mean, a that's, cra- that's, that's great. Brad Tavares a- on the prelims against Omari Akhmedov. Achmed- yeah. Achmedov. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a crazy stack card, as we know. Um, Ma- but, Maya
1: and-, and I, though, is a frigging co-main event on. on no question. VPN on fight night. No yeah. question.
0: No question. And then, you know, Carlos is looking great. He's coming back. Just always great to watch fight. But, you know, I put Dustin Poirier in the same thing. Dustin and the way he's improved over the last few years, you know, now in the trilogy fight, the big, huge money fight against Conor McGregor. I'm always made the best man win. Conor's coming in at number five contender. Of course, Dustin, number one. Um, With that being said, this is a lightweight bout. Okay, how do you see this
2: bout? You know, to me... I think Connor is probably the more talented of the two. You know, I think he's just a talented. What's that?
1: That's interesting.
2: Because uh, yeah, I, I think Dustin's he, more well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Dustin is more well-rounded. But I think Connor's a little bit more talented in terms of his in terms of his craft. But here's the thing: there's no way you can look at the Forbes magazine, see your name above LeBron James and Cristiano Ronaldo. still have any ounce of dog left in you there's absolutely no way and dustin is an absolute dog dustin is a, a dog he will fight you in a parking lot connor will fight you in a parking lot if you're weak dustin will fight anybody in a parking lot that's the difference between the two connor's kind of a bully dustin is a real dog i can't imagine connor being able to put in the work that it takes to beat a guy like dustin in the trilogy even though i think he's talented I just can't see it happening. I can't see him being a dog no more.
0: What are you saying that you you see, you're seeing that uh Dustin's going to win this fight? Yeah. i I, how can he not be the favorite
1: i mean you talk about they're they're even important but but he's i I don't care what the odds are going to say connor is always going to be a bigger uh favorite than he should be even if he's the underdog he's going to be a bigger favorite than he should be because of the popularity and and the way that people will bet with their hearts in, in in combat sports for me when you look at the two fights that they've had yes they were both decisive but dustin's happened not that long ago and the fact that we're doing it so close that the the length of time between matches two and three are this close i don't know if connor you know you can mix it with maybe the hunger aspect of things i don't know if connor can make the proper adjustments needed to turn around and and pull off this win like let's not forget about what dustin did to connor's leg. like i don't know how you fix that that quickly he may you can fix that real famous
2: yeah, you can fix that. He can fix that. He can get away from that. I think that Connor used to fight a style that would kind of neutralize that because he used to be a little bit more bouncy on his feet and didn't wouldn't leave his legs just sitting there. True, he's heavy on his legs now because he's boxing. But I think he can fix that part. But I just think that like when Dustin, if Dustin starts to put pressure on him, like the same way he, like I think he just gives up, man. I don't, I don't see Connor being able to like withstand Dustin's pressure and the storm and being able to come back. I just think that Dustin's going to put pressure on him eventually. And then just, and Connor's going forward. It's, it's, it's hard. see. This
1: is the one thing. When you look at the Chad Mendez fight with Connor, Mendez gassed and Connor was able to weather that storm and come back. But Besides that time, when have we really seen Connor weather a storm and then take over a fight? I'm not saying that he's a quitter by any means, but oh. I can't get it out of my mind when Nate Diaz took over in that fight and got Connor down and put him in that rear naked. It seemed like Connor had already sort of accepted the fact that he had lost the fight before Nate had even solidified taking his back. So there's something to be said about Connor going, Look, uh, I'm out of this one. Uh, let's just call it a day and get out of here.
0: Conor's used to dominating the first two or three rounds of a fight and winning a fight. It goes past the second or third round. It's it's almost like a Tyson syndrome, you know? Then it goes the length of the fight to the judge's decision. It's like when Tyson faced a quality boxer, he wasn't finishing, off, finishing him off in two or three rounds the way he normally finished off every, every person he ever faced. I don't know if that's a proper analogy for the for. for uh, can you? Connor.
1: Can either of you point to a time where Connor's weathered a storm outside of Mendez and yeah. come back
0: and
2: won? I, I can't think of it. No, I, do, I can't. I can't. No, but, but even with the Mendez fight, so and, and I can speak to this from experience. I remember when I was fighting Mishima in Japan many, 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 many years ago. And he was beating my tail. He was, he was really kicking my butt. But I could hear him breathing heavy. And that was the only thing that kept me in the fight was the fact that I had a feeling he was going to get tired. Otherwise, I would have been like, all right, man, you win. You know what I'm saying? Because there was no way from a skill perspective that I was able to hang with him. And there has to be there's something to be said about that. When Connor was fighting Mendez, Connor was probably like, Man, this dude's breathing heavy. He's gonna get tired. I'm gonna stick around and see what happens. And that's what happened. He knew he was getting tired, so he stuck around. Had Mendez been bouncing around, Connor probably would have folded.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue that point. Can't argue that point at all. It's interesting that you're that aware of their breathing.
1: Like you can pick up on that in the middle of chaos like that.
0: Oh, you, know, you gotta be you gotta be a good fighter to do that yeah you got to be aware of a good fighter should be aware of everything everything look in the eyes to the to everything i don't need to go through it dean you know exactly what i'm talking about it's not just throwing punches man you got to be cerebral and dealing with the mental aspects of that fight
2: you gotta you gotta see it you gotta feel it you gotta hear it everything
0: and play with it get in his head yeah yeah Yeah.
2: sure it's a it's a it's a chess match
0: now totally you know uh Okay, we're all excited about UFC. This weekend's off. Last weekend, you know, a fight and all that kind of stuff. I was not there for it. It Was exciting night of fights. Looking forward to uh, this. Uh, let's go into some other things that are happening. You want to share some news stories with us, Dean? And can you hang with us for a sec? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, want to tell you a little something. I'll let the cat out of the bag. But I'm working on some NFL teams, guys. Really? Oh, what you doing? I may be doing something with the Raiders. You ever heard of them? You ever heard of them? <laughs> no, they're in Vegas now. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Fight Capital of the World, Bruce Buffer, the Raiders. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll have some exciting news for you. In, uh, is this, is this
2: breaking news? Is you going to um, be doing something for the Raiders? This is
0: semi negotiation news. <laughs> I, I
2: love it. But hey, but if, if you're talking about it, that's good, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks, brother.
0: I. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, football season. I love appearing for the NBA, NHL, football, even the even the WNBA. You know, I've done things with them, too. You know, anytime I can branch out into other forms of sports with other athletes, it's all it's all really, really cool.
1: I mean, it's all about getting those athletes hyped up, Bruce. And it's it's weird. The uh, sort of uh, impact you have on on just people in, as a whole. You know how to drive uh,
0: energy and it's it's a it's a skill to say the least. Thank you very much, TJ. I appreciate it. You know, just trying to do the best job I can. That's all I can do in life is go out there and do the best I can, like all of us. Um, they finally convicted Derek Chauvin, 22 and a half years. Uh, maximum yeah, sentence Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, though, with all the charges against him, the maximum was only 30 years. So they gave him 22 and a half. There's, now I'm hearing rumors of a plea bargain and that could change. And, uh, you know, in and, and parole, he could bargain. be out. You can't have a plea bargain when you've already been going on now. There was some news about something. But, you know, watch us throw the max at this man. I'm surprised he didn't get the full 30. And But there's always I that mean, parole issue.
1: This is what I will say. Uh, obviously, I think he belongs in, in jail for God, as yes. long as they can keep him there. God, but yes. the bottom line is whenever he does get released, if he makes it through that sentence and comes out the other side, like, it's not going to be, you know, duckies and bunnies for the man. It's going to be a, a life of essential solitude, uh, unemployment. And I don't know, he's probably going to have to go have a, a cabin in the woods if he wants to have any sort of normalcy, because no one's going to want to be associated with this man in any way, shape or form.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And let's put it this way. When he's in jail, he's going to be in solitary. He's not going to be in public uh,
1: No, no. And and again, the the solitary confinement, in my opinion, Bruce, is not going to end in prison. It's going to continue when he's allowed to, you know, live and breathe and walk beside the rest of us. He's just not no one's going to want to be around. him. I don't know. I
2: I can't imagine people kind of remembering that 22 years Mm -hmm.
1: from now. I don't know, man. Maybe. I mean, he's going to have to leave Minneapolis. He's going to have to, you know, completely relocate and hope that no one notices. I, I don't know if a name change helps or. Or what, but he he's not gonna have any sort of semblance of his old life.
0: The world's a funny thing. You could see a book, you could see a movie, you could see anything at that time, or you could see absolutely nothing. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, that's just the news. The other big news that happened today is that Bill Cosby's getting out of jail. What? what? He's getting out of jail and cleared on all charges.
2: What? No what?
0: You're lying. Okay. You ready? <laughs> this, is so- to me. this is broken This is mind blowing. This this is breaking news. The conviction. Yep, the conviction has been thrown out. His ex, his uh, former TV TV wife, Felicia Rashad, celebrating his release, saying, "Finally, um, claiming a miscarriage of justice has been corrected." Uh, the spokesperson, Andrew Wyatt, for uh, the family spokesperson, tells us the decision was a surprise to his family and everyone else. Uh, basically, just learned about the court's decision. That uh, let's see here, his conviction has been overturned. Why he's going free? On the grounds of your reasons why the conviction could not stand. The judge allowed prosecutors to call five other accusers during the trial, it says, and Cosby should never have been criminally prosecuted based on the agreement he made with the former DA uh, on the first reason the Pennsylvania high court ruled. It was unduly prejudicial to allow five women with stories similar to one of the uh, defendants, Andrea Costan, to testify trying to show Cosby had an MO for drugging women and then assaulting them sexually. Right. The second reason, which was fought hard during the trial, is that the former DA uh, Bruce Kasser cut a deal with Cosby that if he testified in a civil de- disp- uh, deposition, he would not face trial criminally. Well, during that deposition, he made incriminating statements about drugging women that was presented at the trial. The Supreme Court ruled then the deal was broken by prosecutors. Okay. The judge vacated both the conviction and the sentence and ordered the 83 year old discharged immediately, presumably. Cosby is now a free man. He cannot be retried. He served two years. And right is now, he, his team is on his way to pick him up in prison. He's getting out today.
1: Isn't he suffering from dementia or something like that? They're, they're, I don't think
0: he's, like, I, all that well. I really don't know. At 83, God knows what's happening. But this is just a total travesty of justice. If this is an example of our criminal court system and everything going on, I don't know what else to say. I just think it's well, disgusting. I, I yes. think it goes back to the idea of like
1: statute of limitations. There's no statute of limitations on murder. There shouldn't be statute of limitations on rape or sexual assault either. God no.
2: And, God, and are unfortunately. Oh my God. I can't believe he's getting out. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, But but again, going back to like
1: that Chauvin example, like what's Bill Cosby's life going to be like the rest of the way? It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't. He's not going to have any sort of life that brings him wealth or fame. Like he's infamous forever. And that's a stain that doesn't go away.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's going to be bad. Yeah. Time will tell.
0: We'll see. But um, anyway, I don't know what else to say. I'm just like, this is breaking news. It's like, holy Jesus. Bruce, that, if you would have
1: lined up like multiple like uh, breaking news stories with one being it's Judgment Day, I would have picked Judgment Day over Bill Cosby's getting out of prison. I'm not even kidding you. That's <laughs> mind blowing.
2: I know. I didn't see that coming at all. No. Like, I didn't even know he was up for it. I thought he was like going to die in jail. Seriously. Like, I didn't even know he was up for this.
0: Speaking of arrests, did you guys see the, um, the start of the Tour de France? when uh, oh, the, girl, yeah. the lady held out the sign and it caused like 45 or 40 plus racers to crash. And one guy separated his shoulder and wound up getting back in the race. Uh, it happened 45 kilometer kilometers from the finish of the first stage of the race on Saturday. Did you see that thing?
1: I did. I didn't- I- can, can I just say that bicycling? she got
0: just so you know, she got arrested. They arrested yeah, her. I
1: saw that. Yeah. Bicycling has got to be like the most dangerous sport that no one thinks is really that dangerous. You know, you're going that fast. You're wearing next to nothing. And then you smash your face into the friggin' asphalt like, nope.
2: Yeah. And these guys ride like this far apart from each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's crazy. I'm like, dude. <laughs> yep. All right. It's let's dangerous. do it.
0: Let's. Let's do a little COVID talk here, guys. We haven't talked COVID for a while on the show. We have to. Uh, Right now, they're questioning the mask mandates and everything else because of the Delta variant uh, that's coming in. They're changing constantly. Like, I think even L.A. County was saying that you didn't need to wear a mask
1: if you were vaccinated. But now because of the Delta, uh, whatever, what what do they call it? A strain um, that they're they're making, making everyone. Yeah, variant. Thank you that they're making everyone wear masks again. Whether or not you've been inoculated, it doesn't matter.
0: Well, personally, I think that you should in the right situation. I'm still not comfortable in group situations. Uh, Stevie Aoki wants me to appear with him in Hakasan after UFC 264 a week from Saturday. And quite frankly, I don't want to walk through a club. I don't want to walk through a whole bunch of people coming in from all over the country, you know, even though I can go in the back way and the VIP way and still got to walk around a hundred people to get to where I'd have to go. I don't feel comfortable.
2: Well, or, you well know, are you vaccinated?
0: Pardon me? Are you vaccinated? Yeah, I'm vaccinated with the Johnson and Johnson. Now I'm hearing that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine may need a, need a booster. I mean, things are changing. Oh, no, man. This is uh, never going to end. Like, honestly. Never end. Well, here, let me tell you something here. A very close friend of mine, I'm not going to mention a name, uh, went to Florida three weeks ago okay. to do an event. Pfizer vaccine, vaccinated for three months. Uh-huh. Right, Came back, felt sick on Monday, uh-huh. tested positive for COVID. on Oh, no, no that, that's not supposed to be the way it works. It is. You can still get it. Now, it granted, it. their next cancer survivor. Um, and, you know, normally without the vaccine, they probably would have wound up in the hospital. God knows what. So at least it kept them out of the hospital. But, you know, this person has been coughing every day and dealing with it, and not been able to leave the house for two so, weeks.
1: So I, I took my son to Legoland over the weekend. It was his 10th birthday. And we're walking in and it says uh, all children under 12 need to be masked. We get 10 really? feet into the door. OK, 10 feet in the door. And the photographer there that wants to like take your picture and then charge you money for it is like, all right, we'll take your picture. You can take off your masks. And it's just like, OK, I, I this is dumb. Like, don't even put up the signs. Like, stop it. Like, if you're going to the damn theme park, you don't care. All right. You don't. I don't minute. But it depends, I, on, I, I you know, like out here in California, I tend to wear it. Everywhere, just because it, it like, honestly, even in places, I think, Bruce, you'll probably attest to this. If you go to like a Whole Foods or, or, or a grocery store, you walk in and you can not wear your mask. But even if you are allowed to you know, roam maskless, you're like the only guy in the entire place without a mask on. And then I don't want to be that guy that's getting weird looks.
0: Well, I'm not worried about being that guy. I'm just I understand what you're saying. I'm just worried about doing what's right. Like last weekend, I had a weekend off. Had a great weekend, my friend and I. We went uh, hiking. I went to my old place in Malibu, where I grew up, and swam in the ocean, and just had a great day. Then on Sunday, I went down to um, where my friend is a parachutist and parachutes, and uh, she and I did the wind tunnel down there, which I know you've done, Dean, in Abu Dhabi. What the yeah, hell? You know the, par- oh, the skydiver hot. wind tunnel.
2: Oh, oh! Indoor skydiving. Yeah.
0: yeah so I did that. I-,
2: I had COVID that that episode, and I didn't go. Oh, you didn't go. That's right. You, oh, really?
0: Oh, you had COVID. That's right. It was so much fun, Dean. I'm I'm now going to do a tandem uh, skydive oh, and
2: really? maybe I'll go Wait, do solo. Like a real skydive? Yeah. yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I sat there, watched them all come down. I have a fear of heights, as you know. Um, That's why you
1: don't jump out of an airplane. Has-
0: What's that? That's why you don't That's jump out, out of an airplane. Like, like, you're you're talking, fear good heights.
1: Like you're saying I have a fear of heights like it's an example of that as to why you should skydive. Like, no, no, that's why you don't skydive. Yeah,
0: it's like overcoming the fear. I mean, if I have a tandem jump, I'll be more comfortable because you're kind of just sitting there like a baby. or you know, the guy's doing all the work. But, you know, it's definitely going to uh, cure a fear. But when I got in the wind tunnel, I was able to handle it, which they say is almost exactly like what it's like up there. Um, yeah, except I don't know. the floor it's, is like 20
1: feet below you
2: rather
0: than 20,000. Like, Wait, I went 30 feet up, so I'm even more prepared now. Okay. Bruce. You went 30 <laughs> <All> feet up? <laughs> 30 feet up, yeah. They I kept mean, me going up and down and up and down. It was a lot of fun. Here's my thing, Bruce. You say you're going to overcome a fear. Like, I hope you overcome
1: the fear because if your fears are confirmed, like, I hope I'm high up on that will, Buff.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if it's overcoming the fear. Let's put it this way. Facing the fear. Facing the fear. I could surf a big wave, but it's just there's something about tall buildings and stuff like that just really get to me.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Especially if
0: I'm looking over the. Well, you know I'm a little crazy, Dean. That's just yeah, like, territory. <laughs> surfing and going to the ocean seems way worse than heights. Oh, I, I completely agree yeah. with
1: you. Like, heights are scary, but like the ocean, I have to swim. When I'm afraid of heights, I don't have to do anything and I'm safe.
2: And the ocean. We'll see
0: what happens. We'll no, see what happens. Really. If I do it, I'll get video. But I'm just saying, I had a really good time this weekend out of Mother Nature. And then, you know, we went to like a restaurant. I was around people without the mask outside. But I get these guilt feelings when I'm around a crowd, you know, without without the mask. I'm thinking now, should I really be going around to see my mother, you know, for the next five days? I need to go wait five days, get tested. I'm still in that mode. I understand that. That, I'll tell you what.
1: I mean, besides your mother, though, you don't feel guilty, right?
0: Or do you feel guilty going out to anybody? I respect that. I just think that. I just think I have a responsibility to the people around me. I really do. I know for sure. I wish I I was as good of a guy as you. I really
2: do. I respect that.
0: I have to, you know, when I see people, including my mom who got COVID just from one of her caregivers that came in the house and I see other people and my gardener who died from it and all that I've seen personally, we all have a six degrees of separation. That's the past in the heavy pandemic, but I think we're still in the past and the present and we should be safe, you know, just be smart. I'm just saying, be smart right now. COVID is killing Brazilian children at alarming rates down in Brazil.
1: Right. That, I mean, in Brazil, it's, it's really scary. And the, yeah, U- really now, the UK is bad too.
0: UK is bad. There was an incident here, 80 teens and staffers at an Illinois camp for kids all got COVID during a camp weekend. Right. Yeah. I, Again, you don't know who's vaccinated. You don't know who's not. And, and, but, and again, that's the thing too, Bruce,
1: like, like your friend who went to Florida, it, it also apparently doesn't matter if you're vaccinated.
0: Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't. I asked Dr. Dave about it and he said, well, you can still get it. You just won't get it as bad. Okay. I don't still <laughs> don't want lung damage. I still don't want partial damage. Right. I still don't and, want any of that. And that's the
1: thing too. If you're young, it sounds like it's not going to be all that bad to begin with. So what does the shot even do if you're that young? If, if the, you know, like, it's not going to be bad if I get it. But if you're also in the age demographic that if you do get it, it's not that bad to begin with. It's like, wait, why am I taking this shot that gets me sick? Like, I I don't know. I'm not saying to not take the shot or to take the shot. I mean, I'm vaccinated. I I think it's probably a good idea that everyone gets vaccinated, but it's just, I don't know, man, like we're, we're so far into this thing and it still doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon.
0: I just don't think we're all Guinea pigs in the process and we're learning day by day. That's all I can say.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I think they're just making this uh, as we go along. It's like, all right, let's just start giving people shots to see how it works.
1: You know what? Jump out of a plane, Bruce. It doesn't
0: matter. Okay. No worries. Dean will be your, your co-host if I uh, can't make it. He's nice. already my co-host on so extra rounds. Well, that's why you can get him into this one real easy if you need him. Got to have backup in case the buff doesn't make it. What <laughs> no, can I say? I, oh, my God. Don't. I just I just pull a Tito Ortiz. I talked about myself in the third party. Excuse me.
2: The buff. got <laughs> himself the buff.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know,
1: there's a lot of things that Tito did that you haven't done. So you're still good.
0: Yeah, I won't run for city council. Okay, we're good. Um, Here's a really cool thing, guys. This is like, for instance, this falls under the onus or the aegis of um, my new company, Millions.co, you know, where we're teaching people how to brand. Actually, it'd be a great thing for you too, Dean. I'll have to Plug alert, plug alert, plug alert. I'm going to get away from the plug alert, but you know how we're helping athletes brand themselves, market themselves. Mm-hmm. Check out millions.co, millions.co, Dean. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Dean, Dean, uh, it'll be
1: really good for Dean.
0: D- Dean is
1: a whole new. Like, Dean's a Renaissance man, like literally. Like the man sent me a candle. Like he he, he can do it all. Dean, you probably should get your own clothing line. Yes, no, that's just, a,
2: Yeah. Oh, really? No, I'm you gonna
1: see have up, you You like don't have
0: clothes. your own clothes or t-shirts, Dean? Bruce will make it happen. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll I'm not gonna go into it right now, but I'll send you something out of the show, and I'll uh, you can take a look at. it. I think it's perfect for you. But yeah, yeah, what we do at this site at millions.co is that anybody can sign up fighters. We're going to take every athlete there is volleyball, baseball, football, curling, anything. It's going to be all the way around. It's it's exploding right out of the gate. But even the NCAA, this is really cool. The NCAA now is recommending the council that college students now think about this. They aren't able to do this. They can now uh, market themselves. Right, That's huge. It's oh, yeah. huge. They're recommending allowing athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness. That's huge because, like, right now huge. if
1: you're a, a college football player or a basketball player, you can't even run a Twitch channel. Like, think yeah. about that. That's crazy. And
0: yeah, this is a this is a huge move by the NCAA, and I think very deserving, and it should not affect yes. the amateur status of any of these athletes.
1: No. I mean, can you imagine being one of the best amateur basketball players, but you're not allowed to have a vlog on YouTube because it'll make money?
2: No, that's crazy. That is that's so silly to me. Yeah, I I would I would be mad. I would I would legit be mad. But don't worry, Dean, we're we're giving you a twenty five thousand
1: dollar a year scholarship so that if this whole athletic thing doesn't work, you might be able
0: to get a job somewhere.
2: I'd That's be like, you know job. what? I'll make I'll make more than that on my Twitch and pay for my school. You know what I'm saying?
0: Seriously. Seriously. Wow. Dean's spreading out. He's making the cash. I love it.
1: You know what? Yeah. That's actually something that is is quite interesting when I think about it. If you are a really good basketball player and say you have good, one solid year, maybe not basketball, because normally you play one year of basketball and then you go to the pros. So, say college football. Say you're the quarterback of, of USC. You're on scholarship. You have a really great year. It's clear that you're going to be their starting quarterback for the next three years. I wonder if you don't say, you know what? Screw it. I no longer want to accept your scholarship. I'll pay the tuition and I'm going to go market the hell out of myself. I'm surprised no one's ever done that.
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they probably couldn't because I'm sure somebody had to have thought about that before.
1: Right. Like once you accept the scholarship, you're on the hook of being a scholarship athlete for the duration of your probably.
2: Yeah. But for me, I I would be like, you know what? Like if you're a real good high school student, then it's time to really start pushing it seeing what you can do
0: you know you're out there you're you're listen we all want to make money in college i think it's important you're a dedicated athlete the training they put through the time dedication the opportunity cost of time you need to compete and stay on the top level in the ncaa and in the in the sport and field of your choice it's not like you can suddenly go out along with your classes studying and everything else now you're going to be a bus boy or a waiter for six or eight hours a day and which can interfere with everything this is the whole entrepreneurial spirit. Let these guys have their own sites let them make some coin from their own followers. I'm sure many of these college students have like you Dean you know a couple hundred thousand or more followers. How many followers do you have on your Instagram? Oh no, I don't have that many but, well, um, but it, it doesn't matter even if you have a hundred thousand or fifty yeah. thousand your fans that want to know about you yeah for are, sure these NCAA students should have a right to make money.
1: okay, think about that. Uh-huh. Let, let, let's go back a few years let's think about tim tebow for a moment okay remember him he was the the college uh, football quarterback for the just at the of
0: ufc in houston or whatever
1: right yeah about. i mean so he's been out of college for a while but when he was in college uh one year of tuition at florida cost twenty one thousand two hundred and eleven dollars you're trying to tell me that tim tebow couldn't make that in tuition like making make that and pay his own tuition to to make it out a week <laughs> seriously smart, i'm sure he could It'd yeah but like it's yeah. it's interesting like I, I wonder if we don't see that movement in the future where these really skilled athletes end up just saying you know screw it i'll figure out how to pay my tuition myself or i'll just take out the student loan debt and make money because i, I understand that college debt will will cripple most people at this point but right. if you're a star athlete i mean you'll you'll come out You might make more money being a college uh, football player than you would be. Well, actually, hang on. That's the question. If you're a college athlete, it doesn't have anything to do with tuition, does it? It's just the fact that you're not allowed to be a college player and make money. That's what it is. It's not it's I'm, I'm wrong. I'm thinking the scholarship is the the tipping point, but it's not.
0: No. No, this is yeah, all about sucks. just making money for your own personal usage okay. and, and lifestyle. So, so wait, there are non-scholarship
1: athletes that are going into massive debt and are still not allowed to make money while they're playing.
0: Yeah, well, now they're untying their hands. Now That's you can dumb. make money. I and, hate as far as, and think about the money. You're a top college athlete. The pros are looking at there's TV commercials, there's product endorsements. And that's how, that's what I'm reading into this. And I think right. it's a great thing. I think it's awesome.
1: Right. And then, you know, your senior year, you end up blowing your MCL and PCL and then you never make any money as a pro anyway. And you know,
2: yeah. Well, we, yep, and at least they made it now in college. Good for them.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I love that.
2: I love it. They need to, they need, they need to let these kids make some money. Yep. I agree.
0: Hey Dean, we asked a lot of the fighters on the show, like uh, Cheeto Vera last week and, Brandon Moreno and stuff. And of course I still classify you as a fighter in all standards and all ways. How do you feel about the exhibition boxing and how do you feel about Victor Belfort fighting boxing Oscar De La Hoya in September?
2: Um, I, it's kind of fun, but I don't classify it. I don't look at it as if it's like anything related to what we do. Right. Right. To me, I look at it as like, I don't know, it's just like some recreation and I don't know. But it does teach us a very valuable lesson. It teaches us a very valuable lesson. Those in MMA. And and it's something I've been preaching for a long time. See, MMA fighters think they get paid to fight. And I always tell them, you don't get paid to fight. You get paid for people to watch you. Right. Fighting is just what you're doing while people are watching. Yep, And this proves it. This proves it because these YouTubers are coming And they bringing in millions of people to watch them and they making millions of dollars because people are watching them. It's not because they're fighting. It's because people are watching them. And this is something that fighters need to take note of, that you're not getting paid to fight. You're getting paid because people are watching you. Now, the better fighter you are, hopefully more people watch you. But regardless, right. Get your stuff together and make sure you build your fan base.
1: It's similar if Jake Paul came in to play a game of horse with LeBron James. And then people would be like, well, man, the, the number six guy off the bench for the Spurs, he's not making enough money because, look, Jake Paul's making all this playing horse. It's like
0: it's not the same thing, man. It's the saying is like this, guys. It's about putting asses in the seats. OK, exactly. It comes down to the mother dollar. Right. Asses in the seats. If you can ask, why is Conor McGregor making the money he makes? He's not a champion, but he's fighting asses in the seats. Right. Jake Paul, Logan Paul asses in the seats right? And if Tyron Woodley can make money off his fight with uh, Jake Paul as a result of that, probably it's what he says is his biggest payday coming up. More power to Tyron. Take the gig. Hey,
1: Take what are your thoughts him. on that, so Dean? Obviously, you've been real close with Tyron. Uh, you know, what does what Tyron's straight boxing game look like?
2: Man, he, I actually think he's, see, I think he's been kind of, you know, misunderstood in terms of his striking in MMA because he's relied on his right hand so much. But in the gym, he can box. Like, when it's just boxing, when you're not worried about kicks and takedowns and things like that, when it's from a boxing distance, when you can put shoes on and lace up them gloves, he can box. The boy can box. As long as he goes out there and boxes Jake Paul, he ain't going to have no problem. If he goes out there and, you know, gets kind of deer in headlights and wants to just hit him with that right hand, then he might have a problem. But I think he boxes Jake Paul ears in all day long because Tyron can box. Man, people don't realize that. And I think they're they underestimating Tyron based on his performances in fights. They think he's just a power punching wrestler, but he can box.
0: Well, I, I'm with you on that. And in all respect to Ben Askren, um, the, you know, the fine, great MMA fighter he is, he's not a striker. And I'm just no. happy to see that there's somebody that has striking ability coming up and facing down, you know, a fellow like Jake Paul. So everybody's going to watch that. Jake Paul signed a seven fight deal, I think, with Showtime. He's got money in the bank coming in. How do you feel about Peter Bell for boxing uh, against Oscar De La Hoya?
2: Man, I mean, to me, I don't know. Like, you know, De La Hoya is kind of a joke now. And, like, I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I grew up watching De La Hoya. I grew up watching De La Hoya fight. So, like, I always look at De La Hoya and be like, yo, that's that dude, man. And And I don't look at him as just the guy everybody makes fun of and Dana be roasting him and, you know, he's high all the time. And to me, it's hard to watch that. I, I kind of want De La Hoya to come back and beat De La Hoya and beat some and beat up Peter Belfort, but I don't know if he's going to do that because man, he's kind of the laughing stock of combat sports right now. And to me, that's sad. Like De La Hoya was De La Hoya, right? You know what I'm saying? De La Hoya yeah. was that dude. Yep. Now yep. he's the laughing stock. He on Triller high and drunk. Dana White calling him names. He, it's, I don't know, man. It, to me, it's just like. I hate to see Delahoy go out like this. I, w- I hope Delahoy, I, I like Vitor, but I want to see Delahoy put them hands on. Oscar's going to be much smaller than Vitor, though, now.
0: Yeah, but in a skilled boxer situation,
2: you know, I, yes, he's
0: going to be smaller. There's no he's question. But...
1: boxer, yeah, Bruce, but like, let's, like, Dean highlights some pretty serious things about, you know, the sort of lifestyle he's living right now. Like, I don't,
0: this, that skill might not be what it was. Uh, he's 40 years old. A- you never know how somebody's going to turn out at forty-eight years old. We just saw Mayweather take on Logan. You know, again, a larger man, and uh, we'll it, see. Who knows? Exhibition boxing, back. folks. Exhibition boxing. Right, and Vitor's probably going to come back looking like he's twenty-one years old again. You
1: know,
2: uh, we'll that's see. True. That's Entertainment. true. Entertainment. Entertainment. You no, know, Vitor. Known? Vitor going to be on that horse meat. Delahoya, you know, <laughs> Delahoya going to be high. Right. See, this I don't like it. I don't like it.
0: No. No. All right, let's just hope for let's hope for some good solid entertainment and some good skill boxing that we can see because the young people watching. I'm happy they're coming into the sport of boxing. Well, whether they'll watch a Canelo fight after they watch Vitor Belfort and Oscar De La Hoya remains to be seen, but we'll see.
2: No, we'll
1: no see.
0: they won't. Bottom line, the UFC is blowing up, um, the ratings, everything, and I think that uh, 264 is going to put us over the moon. Do you predict a, uh, the usual million and a half plus buys for this show?
2: Oh yeah, I do. Man, this card is sick. I mean, like you said, when Je- when Jessica I and Jennifer Maya are like prelims, those, Freelims. Freelims. prelims, yeah, I out, like, prelims. What I are mean, you it's... talking about? But to be fair, but to be fair, I mean that's probably the carrot to get people to watch that. You know, the fight pass prelim, the fight pass part of no, yeah, sure. no,
0: they're they're but, they're, pl- they're plugging it in perfectly.
1: That, yeah. It's one of those cards that you can actually sacrifice from you know higher up to make the the yeah. undercard better.
0: It's amazing that we go from an audience sold out of T-Mobile to the next two shows, again, being without audiences at the Apex. Yeah, how is that? Strange world, guys. Strange world. Did you know that, Dean? Yeah, How was that
2: for you, though? Because, like. Oh, for me? Yeah. I'm
0: fine. It's me and the fighter. It's It's me and the warrior. You know, I never really. I feel the energy from the audience, but I block it out, as I say on the show many times. When I'm announcing you guys. I'm looking into the eye of the tiger. I don't ever take my eyes off you. That's what it really
1: feels the point. same for you Bruce when there's nobody No, it's not the same and
0: a, a crowd will definitely energize me more.
1: Right. But in that moment it feels the same when
0: you're delivering the announcement? No, there's a difference. Okay. There is a difference of course. I'd be foolish to say there wasn't. But I still bring my all when the audience is not there. You're there Dean, you see it. I don't I don't yeah. fake it. I, I try to create the atmosphere as best as I can.
2: But, without hey, going to hey, a Hey, TJ, let me tell you, Bruce is a massive star, man. And I've seen it firsthand every because I started working them shows, right? So I'm in the building, right? I am in the building sitting there and I can always tell when Bruce walk in because the crowd goes crazy when Bruce walk in the building. You got to see him, man. He he start popping his collar. He walk in and Bruce just turns on, man. It's a beautiful thing, TJ. You got to see it.
1: Oh, why do you think I've been riding his coattails for this long in this podcast, Dean? You know, I, you
2: I, I pass to my, uh, wagon to the right horse. Thank you, Dean.
0: Dean, like I always say, just call me Bruce, man. I'm just going in to do my job, have a good time. and <laughs> The show is not about me. It's about you, the fighters. And to me, it's about the fans. I and call I'm there Uncle to serve Bruce. you. Uncle Bruce is fine. I'll take it all day long. <laughs> Dean, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You know, like I said, we've been friends for so long and it's just I'm proud of you and, and great to see everything's going on. Uh, just remember that where there's snow on top, there's still fire in the furnace. So you're doing okay with the gray. It's all good. Yeah, I'm,
2: thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on, TJ. You, my boy. Hopefully, we catch up soon. And uh, I see that little bottle back there behind you, Bruce. Hopefully, you know, what I'm saying I don't drink, but you know, I still be having parties, man. I need to get me some of that.
0: Tell you what, send uh, Dean. Twenty he, year olds love Puncher's Chance. Do, do me, do me fair. Now that Dean asked, yeah, I, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't to do another plug but now the dean asks you know what dean we just won three gold medals for taste the best tasting bourbon in america and three gold medals for the best design bottle no
2: and kidding i mean that's a that's a bottle right there boy
0: do me a favor um tj text dean and i on the same text trail and dean text back an address and i'll have a bottle sent out to you okay
2: that's awesome i appreciate that yeah if you give me a
0: little picture back if you like it take a little taste if you like it give me a little yeah. picture back that's all i ask
2: perfect 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 all right, Punch fellas, chance, Dean. Gonna... That's what you're all about,
0: baby. Is, hey, I, I, I could change I, I, it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Don't thank you to no, Dean. Thank you to
0: Dean, Dean oh. Thomas for plugging punchers, chance bourbon instead of me bringing it up. Very cool. <laughs> all
2: right. All right see you out there in Vegas.
0: Bye. All right, man. See y'all. Peace. All right, Dean. Yeah. Take care. Cheers. Truly one of the best
1: in the business. Dean Thomas, one of my favorite people.
0: Uh, one of the nicest guys in the world. Just a great guy and, uh, and great fighter. Great guy and proving that he's good at everything else. He does real proud of him.
1: Yeah, he's uh, uh improv comic. Uh, he does a little bit of stand-up. Uh, whoa, 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 yeah. I Did didn't you know, know that?
0: that. Yeah, I know. I to talk to him about that.
1: He's truly a man of many talents, and I'm not just saying that, um, you know, to be, you know, compliment- like the dude made me a candle. Think about that, Bruce. He made me a candle. I don't even know how to make a candle. Wow. I hardly know how to light a
0: candle. All right. Well, we'll work on that, too. <laughs> All right. All right, TJ. Let's Anything go. you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, just um, uh, just life is good, and uh, everybody have a wonderful July Fourth. Is all I want to wish everybody to have, and and hey, enjoy the freedom that we quick? share, and the and the, the the country and the world in which we live. Um, this is episode four hundred and ninety nine of its time. Well, next week I think we're having Megan Ogilvie on the show. Oh, Ol-
1: Olivy. Uh, oh, I won't tell her. You said, again. "Oh, maybe. don't tell." I said that, okay. and then uh, uh, we're both uh, going to be on the ground next week in, in Vegas. I'm there from Tuesday to Sunday. Uh, I'm hoping we can uh, maybe catch up and do something. Uh, maybe not necessarily. It's time we're going to do. It's time. I'll be out there when we do it. But uh, when we get you on the ground, maybe we can link up and uh, get together a little bit.
0: No worries. All good. Um, let's see. What is going to tell you? That's fine. You know, I'm going to be quarantined again. Friday. No, i understand
1: that uh i i will be as well um because i'm doing that whole thing just like you are but uh yeah we'll uh we'll try to make something happen we're doing a post show on fight pass i believe at the mgm grand garden arena after the event uh maybe you can stop by i know you don't want to be around the people but uh if we can get like a a quarantined route for you to get out there we'd love to have you if you have time yeah
0: whatever's possible we'll see i'm supposed to appear with steve aoki later that night but it's you know, literally in in the same the building show. it's in the same building so you'll uh, be at the we be at T-Mobile on the show?
1: I will not be at T-Mobile for the show. I will be uh, across the street at the MGM Grand. All right.
0: We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Sounds got good. It. All right, buddy. All right, listen. Uh, see you next week. Megan for will be on the show. That's the plan for 500. Let's do it right. Uh, DraftKings, rather, um, not DraftKings, rather. They're the sponsor of the UFC. FanDuel. FanDuel coming in. See, that's it. I got to say DraftKings of the UFC, but I'm an ambassador for FanDuel, and they do a great job. So just uh, check my Instagram for announcements there. But got a little special thing we'll do with FanDuel next week, and I'm excited about that.
1: I will duel anyone on FanDuel. You what? You're I will duel, duel anyone. Duel, 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 duel anyone on FanDuel. You and I, we should take on the listeners. Let's do it. Let's do it. No. I'll, I'll try to throw punches like Dean Thomas, but not <laughs> at all uh, with the same technique or flair.
0: Well, everybody, get your bets in. Get whatever you're going to do. Go to FanDuel. They've got everything you need there. They'll take care of you, especially with the upcoming UFC 264. And uh, next week, we're going to talk a lot more FanDuel with Megan. And we'll have a great show and have a great weekend. Happy July 4th, everybody. TJ, take care. Have the best. Stay safe. Enjoy the fireworks. Holy crap. I just realized it's my uh, 11-year wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary on that one, too. Probably do something. I hope you do. You better. Whoops. I'm sure you're expected to
1: buffer. I might need your help.
0: Whatever. Just let me know. Let me know. All the bitch. All right. All right. On that note, (laughs) everybody take care. Set your goals, write them down, learn everything you can about them before you set on that path, the golden path to life. And when you walk down that path, just be the best you can be, because that means you're winning. Be the best you can be in everything you do. Stay positive and enjoy life. Big cheers. No fears. Everybody buffer out. See you next week.